I'm going to read um, Psalm 46 from the NIV versions. So if you have your Bible or you can look at the screen. This is the word of our Lord. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its water roar and foam, and the mountain quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shattered the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Awesome. Thanks very much, Eunice. <clears throat> Thanks to Uncle Roy and to others who have um, yeah, led the service. And yeah, Riley, I hope you're doing all right. And those, the dribbles down your shirt are dry now. <laughs> very good. Well, it's good to be here this morning to, to bring God's word um, to you this morning. And I actually chose to speak on this psalm. Um, before we went into the latest um, couple of weeks of lockdown and just as I've been preparing and, and praying into this, I've just seen how relevant this psalm is for our situation and how, yeah, God has helped me prepare that and um, yeah, I pray that as we listen today and hear from God here that we would be encouraged and strengthened um, in this time. <clears throat> I don't know how you're doing lately, but it's tough. A lot of people I've talked to say, yeah, I'm doing okay, but it's, it's tough. Um, I'm missing, for myself, I'm missing playing soccer. I'm missing uh, seeing friends. I'm missing seeing family, my extended family, and coming together for church and singing together with everyone else. I'm missing a lot of things. Um, and it's not just me, but there are small businesses struggling. There are parents who are at home homeschooling. Um, kids, if you're watching, um, it may be tough for you. you. You can't go to school and you have to do school online. We were talking before, some productions are cancelled and it's, it's not easy. Doesn't it sometimes seem that the world is a little bit chaotic at the moment? Chaos is the word that sometimes comes to mind as I look in the world and the political situation as well. Sometimes, as Uncle Roy suggested, it seems like Verse 2 of this psalm, the earth is giving way, the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea. Sometimes it feels like it, the waters are roaring and foaming. Verse 6, it says the nations are in uproar. Kind of applicable at the moment. The more I've studied this psalm, the more I've seen, wow, this is actually quite relevant to us at the moment. The question is, in today's world... In a world that is chaotic, 
and where there is anxiety and worry and fear, how do we as Christians respond? What is our response? Do we respond just like everyone else? Seems like everyone else is responding with fear, with anxiety. Some people are responding with anger and outrage. How do we respond? I want to assure you today that if you are feeling feelings of anxiety or fear or anger, it is okay. It is okay to be sad and worried or it is okay to feel those feelings. You just have to read a few psalms around this psalm and you'll see that the psalmists do feel those emotions. But I want us to know that God wants us to know that He doesn't want us to be overwhelmed or overcome by those feelings this morning. It's okay to feel them. It's great to bring them before God and to talk through them with our loved ones. But God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed or overcome by them this morning. So as we look to this psalm for some pointers on how to cope when we are in these times of struggle... Uh, This psalm can give us a few points which helps us and encourages us. We're going to cover a few of those this morning. And the first point that we're going to consider is um, recognize God's presence. Point one, recognize God's presence if you're taking notes. You see, all throughout this psalm, there are references to God's presence with his people. In verse one, it says that God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge. In verse 7 and verse 11, it says that the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our fortress. And these metaphors uh, made me think of, I don't know if you remember, many years ago now, there was a big hailstorm in, in Melbourne. There was... There was um, Hail the size of golf balls, sometimes cricket balls, and it pelted down. There was damage to windows, um, house windows, cars, roofs got ripped through. Um, When this happened, I was actually at Knox Park um, over there, and I was watching my dad play cricket. And it was a nice sunny day, and then all of a sudden, the sky went black. And I remember seeing all these cricket players in their whites and their pads sprinting off the field, and I was inside in the canteen and just hearing that hailstorm pelt on the roof. Um, it wasn't a tiled uh, roof, I don't know how to describe it, but you could hear the hail pounding. Um, that's what I thought of when I heard words of refuge and fortress. And what the metaphor is saying that God is our pavilion, if you like, the Knox Park pavilion that shelters us from the hailstorms, from the storms um, that are around us. He will protect us and He is with us. The second part of verse 1 says that God is our ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present, that means God is always with us. He never leaves us, ever-present. If you have an ESV version in front of you, It most likely says that God is very present. He is a very present help in trouble. There's a little subtle difference there. Ever present versus very present. But that that difference is is interesting. See, if someone is ever present, 
That means that they're always with you. They never leave you. They never forsake you. And that is true of God. But if someone is very present, that means their presence is very close to you. It's intimate. He's right there as your support. And that's what God is to us. He is very present to us in this time of need. Another way that God is present with us, we can get from verse 4 and 5. The psalmist gives us a metaphor of a river in verse 4. So verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Verse 5, God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. What does this river mean? The first time I read this, I was like, river is, uh, I don't know, is that God? Is that us? Is that Jerusalem? I, I, I looked into it and uh, I guess we have a very different idea of what a river is compared to people all the way back then. Today, the river is kind of just a peaceful brook, but all our water comes from taps in the wall. Then we magically turn something and the water just comes out somehow. That's what we think of when we think of a water of water these days. But imagine if we didn't have taps. Imagine if we twisted them and it didn't work and no water came. Where would we get our water our water from? In Jerusalem back then they did not have taps. They didn't couldn't just turn and the shower would come on or they could fill the kettle. They had to get their water from somewhere else. And normally in those times you get it from a river. But Jerusalem didn't have a river through the town. It was one of the only towns back then that wasn't built on a river. There's a king called Hezekiah. He had to build a tunnel to pull water from a different water source and make pools within Jerusalem so that there could be a water source. Now the people in Jerusalem could have something to drink and they didn't have to walk so far to get it. This body of water was their source of life in the town. Without that, they couldn't have water and without water they would die. So thinking about that and the importance of water, verse 4 says that the city of God, which is Jerusalem, and verse, the second part of verse 4 says that this place, the city of God, is where the Most High dwells, where God dwells. So this Jerusalem has a river, but Jerusalem didn't have a natural river in it. The psalmist here is using a metaphor to suggest that God is Jerusalem's river. It suggests that God would be the water that runs through the town and acts as the source for that town, for that people. God is going to be the one in this metaphor that is sustaining them and refreshing them. He's always going to be there from, for them to draw upon and give, get life from. Verse 5 says that, that God is a river and that God is within her, within Jerusalem. She will not fall. Jerusalem will not fall. God will help Jerusalem at break of day. These verses are all suggesting that God is with Jerusalem. You know, he was with Jerusalem all those years ago. He was with those people. 
He was a river that they were able to get water from. He was their source. And today, God is also our river. Through the Holy Spirit, He lives in us and gives us life. You know, I didn't realize Eunice was going to read from John 4 at the start of the service, but that's what He did. And um, we're going to quickly go there now. talks about this living water. There's a woman at the well trying to get some water. You know, it was hot. And Jesus says in John 4, let me find it. Um, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He's saying that you wouldn't just be coming from water, just normal water from a well, but there is some living water. In verse 13, he says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. It will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And a couple of chapters later, in John 7, it says, John 7 verse 37, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, Streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You know, this idea of a river from Jerusalem. God was a river back then, metaphorically. And today we have living water inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit, perhaps one of the greatest demonstrations of God with us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. This water, this living water, never perishes or fades. We can always rely on the Holy Spirit's presence with us. The question is, when we get overwhelmed with life or our current situation or our struggles, where do we go for refreshment? Who or what is our source in times of need, in times of struggle? Where do we go? We've just talked about how God is our source. He was the source for Jerusalem and He is our source of life today through the Holy Spirit. But do you go to Him? Do we go to Him in these times? Or do we try and sort it out on our own? Do we go to Netflix or video games? Do we go to exercise to help the endorphins run? Or do we go to food? What's your source of life when things get tough? The psalm here says that God is our source of life. And I want to encourage you today to go and drink from His river. Experience His sustaining and refreshment and live with Him as He gives life to your soul. Friends, today, if you're in need of refreshment, and I want you to ask God and and ask God for that refreshment. There's many of us who are struggling in these times and we're drinking water, but it's not quite refreshing us. We need to drink from God's well, from His river. He is the one who refreshes us and gives us life this morning. If you're thirsty at the moment and you've never heard of this living water, this This water that never runs out. 
I want to encourage you today that this water, this Jesus, this Holy Spirit is good. And we can drink from Him. He gives us life even in times when it is difficult. The river never runs dry and you can always drink and be refreshed and be encouraged by Him. And I want to encourage you today, if you haven't tasted of that water, then turn to Him and ask Him to refresh you. And I believe He will this morning. The first point, God is present with us. He is our river. He is our refuge and our fortress. He is the pavilion that keeps us from the hail. God is with us. The second point for this morning is to remember God's works. Remember God's works. I don't know about you, but in times of trouble and difficulty, I can very easily forget the good things that have gone before. Imagine you're, you're working and for years you've been at the company and your boss has been so good to you. He's treated you well or she has treated you well. Um, they're taking care of you financially. They're giving you time off when you ask and it's wonderful. But then all of a sudden, the last couple of months, your, your boss kind of changes and you don't know why they're strict they're not understanding um, I think in that time all that you or I would be able to think of is that man my boss is so difficult and we forget all those years that have come before that time it's the same with relationships or friendships when it gets difficult it's kind of all we think of in our minds and it's the same when it, for God it's the same with faith See, when things get tough, it's very easy to forget all the good that has come before, all the ways that God has blessed us previously. If you just look at the story of the Israelites as they were in Egypt, they've been in slavery for so many hundreds of years and God miraculously frees them. He, he sends plagues. He opens a way for them to leave. He parts the Red Sea. They're through going to the Promised Land and it gets hot. And they're in a desert and they're just walking. There's not much food. It's tough. And the Israelites go, Moses, take us back to Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt where there was food. They wanted to go back to slavery. And they forgot all the, the time that God had taken them out of that and was preparing them for something new. See, in times of trouble, we often forget what God has done beforehand. In verse 8 of this psalm, the psalmist encourages us to come and see the works of the Lord. He goes on to talk about a few of the things that God has done for them, about bringing peace. Come and see the works of the Lord. Come and remember what God has done. As I was preparing this week, I, I asked myself, and I just spent some time reflecting on, you know, what, is, what has God done? How has God been faithful to me all these years? And I thought of my family that I've been blessed to be raised in. My extended family that are always supportive. Um, I thought of my church family, how I've been blessed to grow up here and to be able to serve and use my gifts. I thought of the relationships that I'm a part of and my wonderful fiancé who God has brought into my life and this exciting stage that we're in at the moment. 
I thought of all these things and different ways that God has blessed me. And it actually really encouraged me in my faith. How has God blessed you? And how has God been faithful to you over, over all these years? I want you to think about that this morning. I asked a few church leaders if they were to um, yeah, share some things with me about how God has blessed our church and what God has been doing in our church over the last number of years. Did you know that we've had 38 new partners in the last five years? 38 new people joined the church. Eight babies have been born in our church over the last, I think it was five or so years, maybe. There are many youth that we've got that are about to gauge, engage in professional faith classes. That's really exciting. We've been gifted with people with uh, IT skills that could help us get through the past 18 months of online church and different things. We've been very blessed with that. In our young adult ministry has grown from pretty much nothing to now a large ministry where there's um, you know, 20, 30 young adults that are engaging in this. We've had new staff join our church. We've had new leaders join the leadership team. We've been able to purchase this building here where I'm currently in and get it ready for renovations to become a space for the community to come. You know, God has answered our prayers and He's helped keep Hope Builders and Youth Support Uganda afloat. Um, it was a tough, a tough period and God has been there and God has blessed us in that. There's many... Life group leaders that have joined and, and our life groups have been really strong throughout this lockdown period. That's just some of the ways that God has blessed our church and that God has been good to us. It's only the start of it. And as I'm talking here, I want you to have a think, how has God been good to me in my life? How has God blessed your family? What has God done in your workplaces and how has He blessed you in the past? And what is He doing at the moment? I would have asked you to, to you know, turn to the person next to you and talk to them. You, you're most welcome to do that at home. Um, but maybe it's something for our life groups this week to, to pause and just spend 10 minutes. Hey, what's God done in the past? Because as we remember, it encourages us and, and we ourselves go, huh. God is good and He is faithful and He actually can do it and encourages us in times of struggle. Verse 8, come and see the works of the Lord. Come and remember what God has done. It talks about how God made wars cease to the ends of the earth in verse 9. He breaks the bow, He shatters the spear and He burns the shields with fire. It's pretty excessive language but... The point is that God brings peace to the earth. God brings peace and the psalm says, look, he's done it here and he can do it again. So as we remember what God has done today, may that encourage us and strengthen us in our time of difficulty. Come and remember what God has done. I encourage you to take some time to do that this week, to remember what God has done. So firstly, we were to recognize His presence with us. Second point, to remember what God has done. And lastly, we are to release control and let God be God. That's the third point. Release control, 
Let God be God. This point's been taken from verse 10. And you might be asking, why have I called it release control when the verse says, be still and know that I'm God. You know, I've often read this verse as, be still, you know, sit peacefully, breathe deeply, slow down and meditate and know that God is God. And that has been really encouraging to me as I've read it that way and and it might have been very encouraging to you and that's awesome. But as I looked into this a bit more, the words be still actually can be translated to mean stop. Enough. Take your hands off. Literally take your hands off. It's very different to be still, meditate, stop, enough, finished, take your hands off. God is saying, take your hands off and let me be God in your life. Stop the worrying, stop the fear, it's a reference back to verse 2, stop the fear, stop trying to control the situation and let me be God. Imagine God speaking this verse, not in his kind of peaceful, be still and know, but kind of in his thundering voice, be still, stop, enough. Know that I am God. It made me think, as I was imagining God saying that, of a passage in Job, Job 38, where where God asked Job all these questions, kind of thunders down on him, all this, I encourage you to read it during the week, chapter 38 and maybe a bit of 39. God just goes on a, not a rant, I don't want to call God ranting, but he just goes. He goes, where, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? And he keeps going, keeps going. Verse 12, have you ever given orders to the morning? Or shown the dawn its place. Verse 35. Do you send lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you? Here we are. <laughs> there's, much, there's much more there and I encourage you to read that. The point is that here God is like thundering down to Job. He's saying you cannot be God. You have no idea of what it is like to be God. I am God. Who are you to think that you can be God and control all of this? I am God. I'm, I'm more than capable. You just you let me do my work. Let me be God. I think that's more of what this verse means. What the Psalms is trying to say. I am God. Let me do my work. And we are to take our hands off and say, God, you are God. Be God in my life. What does that actually look like in our world today though? What does it look like for us to take our hands off and let God be God? Firstly, I think it looks like we need to recognize that we cannot control everything. Everything that's happening around us, we can't control it and we shouldn't try. There's definitely a place for being informed about the news and about political situations and about speaking out when, when and where we can. That's, that's a good thing. 
but I don't think it becomes a good thing when it becomes our attempt to hold control over that or to be God in that situation. In the midst of these times, we need to remember who is really in control, who is really God, and it's not us, it's God. And verse 10 is reminding us of that this morning. He is Lord over this whole situation. Even if we don't see it, and even if it doesn't feel like it at times, He is Lord. We must trust that He has a good and a perfect plan, that He's going to work all things together for His good. Verse 10 says, Be still, stop enough, and know that I am God. And then it says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, those same nations that are in uproar that we read about in verse 6 of this psalm. The same earth that is giving way and falling into the heart of the sea from verses 2 and 3. These same earth and these same nations, they're going to bow down and exalt God. You're going to exalt Him as Lord. That's how powerful God is. And that's how sovereign God is over this situation. He will be their God and they will exalt Him. And I believe that is true today. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. As we wrap up, I want to encourage you today that God has got it. God has got it. He sees every tear that falls from you, from your children. He sees it. He sees us in our struggle, in those times where you feel overwhelmed and scared and anxious and worried. He wants you to know today that He is with you. His presence is right with you in these difficult times. His river, His living water runs through you his Holy Spirit is with us and He's giving us life and He's giving us refreshment today. For those of us who have been locked down in our houses and are in need of a refreshing today, God is there. He is with you and He will give you that today. I encourage you to take time in prayer and ask Him, God, come and refresh me and fill me again with your Spirit. He will do that. I would encourage you to today, secondly, to remember what God has done. Take some time to sit down and reflect by yourself and your journal or with your family what God has done for you in the past. And as you do that, let that strengthen your faith today. Pray that God would use that to encourage you. Life group leaders, maybe this is an activity we could do during the week um, to stop and to encourage uh, us. Lastly, I want to encourage you to be still, to stop, to take off your hands and recognize that God is God. Know that God is your God and He is Lord over all. He is Lord over every situation you could possibly find yourself in. In political situations, He is Lord over all. In your workplaces, He is Lord over all. In your families, he is Lord over all. In your relationships and in your marriages, He is Lord. 
He is God over everything. He has control. He is capable. He is powerful. And He will do it. Uncle Roy talked before about trust. A bag over our head, trusting that God is God. And if there are things that come and pierce the, the bag, you know, struggles that come, God is God. He's our refuge. Riley, I hoped you were going to get like a, a, a big um, shelter over your head so that even if that thing did pop, you'd be dry. Because that's kind of the metaphor of refuge and strength and fortress. You know, God is over us. He's sheltering us. He is God and He is sovereign and He will keep us safe. So if God is with us and He is Lord, why do we need to fear? We have the God of our universe on our side. He is for you. There is no need to fear today. Be comforted, be encouraged, and be strengthened today, knowing that the God of the universe... He created the heavens and the earth. He is with you. He is with us. In these times, in lockdown, in times of struggle, and stress and anxiety and worry, please know that God is with us. His presence is right with you there. He's very present. May you let fear fade and may fear fade as we sit down and ponder and recognize this truth and as God speaks this truth into our hearts. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence with us, God. In times of struggle, in times of worry and fear, God, we can't do it on our own. We thank you that you are very present to us in times of need. We pray uh, for those of us who are lonely, at the moment, God, I pray um, that your presence would be, um, yeah, right with them and that you would, you would um, yeah, make them know that, that you are with them and they are not alone, God. I pray for those who are struggling at the moment, God, would you be their strength and would you refresh us this morning, God. May your living water come and give us new life, help us to turn to you in times of struggle and be refreshed by your presence. God, help us to know that you are able and you are powerful and let you be God in this situation. Help us to trust. It's difficult. But God, we recognize that you are God and you are sovereign over this, uh, all of this, God. So be with us, we pray. We pray all this in your name. Amen.